Super Talk Mississippi media production. I don't know, garden porn. You know, these are pictures of plants that are just suffering. It's it's not titillating at all. It's all about how much can we do, what can we fix, how can we remedy this problem, what is that bug. Lots of those things come across my desk. That's because I'm the garden mama. My name's Nellie Neal, and I'm greatly pleased, proud, and very privileged to be here with you behind this microphone on Saturdays. The text line has already started to crank up today. I'm happy to say that, of course, is the C Spire text line 601-879-4395. The Super Talk call line is always available to you when I'm here, 888 And if you want to tell Aunt Maud that I have on a, a flowery shirt today, Tell her to go to supertalk.fm slash watch, and she can see me in living color. Woo-woo-woo. Daniel's back. Hey, Daniel, how was your trip? Oh, it was great. I had a great time seeing some family, just having a great time. That's wonderful. That's very good news. That's the way to spend a little time in the summer whenever you can. Now, what's growing? Well, a lot of stuff. What's not growing? Well, a few things that should be. For example... Tanya in Biloxi has sent a picture of what looks like um, one of the cryptos, one of the little evergreens that uh, we love to have in a row of plants. But the first ones look good, and the second ones are getting very, very, shall we say, browned out, yellowed out. Um, This is something that I have seen across the country working with um, Smart Plant Home app that I'm happy to be a part of. We've seen these pictures this week, not from her, but from Kentucky, I think it was. The The problem with evergreen, the problem that evergreens are having right now is soil that has stayed saturated for too many weeks in a row. And unless that soil is very, very dry, Tanya, I'm going to tell you that you do need a fungicide, but you also may need, um, I can see that the bed is kind of circular, well, it's it's edged, you may actually need to if the water can't get out of the bed, you may actually need to break that edge a little bit for a while until the the season changes. This is a common problem. It, it can be root rot. Sometimes when the root rot happens because of the wet soil, we also end up, because, you know, plants that are in, in vulnerable conditions, well, they get more vulnerable to other things. So you may also have spider mites. Now, for anybody that feels like they've got brown leaves, brown fronds, brown sprays on their conifers, This is a good time to go out, hold a piece of white paper underneath there, thump it, and when the dust falls onto the paper, if the dust gets up and moves, you have spider mites. So that's a different problem that you'll want to treat um, in a different way. But if you have a wet problem, a, a soil area that's staying very, very damp all the time and hasn't managed to dry out yet, that can also lead to problems with root performance dry the bed out and start using a fungicide to try and help the plants not get any more of it. You notice I didn't say to cure it. We can't cure it, but we can slow down fungus diseases oftentimes, and we can also get a chance to slow slow down the progression of the ones that are already there. Okay, okay. That's, that's a problem, but the evergreens are suffering. Many of them will be just fine. The good news is that most of the time they can come back. Sometimes, though, we got to be aware that we will be replacing those in the winter if they don't make it all the way back. Good morning, Greg. It's nice to hear from Nettleton this morning. Let's see. Um, 
Ken's got lots of peppers. That's good. Bill's got beautiful, beautiful flowers. That's just gorgeous. Thank you for sending that picture. Lovely, lovely today. Always love seeing your pictures and your information. Um, Let's see. Let's go to the phones, and I see that they have blown up the type. When you call, by the way, you will talk to Daniel first, and then you get to talk to me. So be nice to him, or he won't put you on the air. Jimmy's in Laurel. Welcome in. Good morning. Good morning, Garden Mom. I get up every morning, especially on Saturday, come out here on my porch with my coffee, and I love listening to your program. I got up yesterday morning, come out here and listen to it, and got mad. <laughs> Before I found out it was Friday. <laughs> Well, that's why there's podcasts and rebroadcasts and downloading and all that stuff. But I I like the picture of you on your porch with your coffee. That's nice. My wife and I was sitting out here on this porch about a week ago. She said, I smell mold, mildew. Mm. And uh, it's all this rain. Mm-hmm. Now that the rain has quit, I had some dirt brought in here about three weeks ago. I got it spread and it's sided, seeded and sided. The places it's not grass is not growing. There's mold and mildew growing out there on the ground. I'm not surprised. What's In fact, I, if I looked far enough into my back garden, I'd probably find some, too. Ugh, this has been a wet year. But uh, I get rid of it off my house with chemicals. What can I do out there on that ground to get rid of it? Well, garden lime will generally change the environment enough that it will slow down and stop when it's in the grass or when it's in a flower bed. Uh, if it goes beyond that, we'll have to do something else. But try some of your, just put some of your garden lime out there and see if we can't change the pH enough that it can't grow. Okay. Well, garden moment, enjoy your show. Y'all have a great day. Thank you much. Say hi to your smart wife. She's got a good nose. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's important. We have to be able to understand these things. I got up this morning and thought, I, I, it turned out not to be that. I thought that I was, uh, uh, when I walked out in my yard, I thought that I was smelling gas, you know, like like natural gas. It it wasn't. It went right away and I don't I'm not worried about it. But it is one of those things that you need to be aware of in this world. So you gotta have a good sniffer sometimes. Hey now, Boodleas are in full bloom all over the place right now. And it's this is the time of year when I wish I had more of a lot of plants, but one of them is the Boodlea. Um, you don't have to have I've always enjoyed the big tall ones. I I, I loved white bouquet when I had that plant um, a long time ago. But it's about eight feet tall and has big, big flowers on it. When I remember when my children were very, very young, standing in the window of my office with them and watching as the butterflies synchronized their feeding on that butterfly bush. If you've never seen their wings go in synchronous motion, I urge you to slow down just a little bit and watch because it's a really life life-changing moment to realize how in sync they are why aren't we so in sync well sometimes we are sometimes we're not but they truly are a, a couple of other things of course about Budleas, they they're really several different ones but the one that we grow most of the time is Budlea davidii and that goes though that's the ones that you will see usually that are not necessarily big plants. There are small versions of them, you know, small varieties, but they'll be dark colors or they'll be white. If you get into the yellows, if you get into the peach shades, you're in a different plant that has to be handled differently. It's kind of like different hydrangeas. They're not, they don't all grow exactly the same, so we don't treat them exactly the same. But it is one of those plants that you will find sometimes because they get a little bit, um, 
woody. You'll find them in the perennial department at a garden center, but they don't look so terrific right this minute because they've aged a little through the summer and maybe their roots are too tight in those containers. This is a great time to get that plant. If it's pot bound, you know, you, you water it and the water runs right through it, then go ahead and move it into a slightly larger pot and enjoy it this summer. You can plant it in the fall. But it's a lovely plant and one that you can plant in the midsummer if you're willing to water it every day. <laughs> Most of us aren't. Most of us are trying to keep the soil from getting any wetter than it is. And mainly this year, planting is, is limited by wet soils. Our cut flower grower friends are Try, they try to seed every week, you know, so that they have flowers coming in all the way through the fall. Well, some parts you can seed, some things you can't right now because of this particular weather patch that we're in. But when you do succeed, you're glad you do beautiful, beautiful things. Let me see now. Um, lamb's ears. Now, this is wonderful. Um, you know, Tim, this is not an actually invasive plant, but um, it, but it, but it will spread in the right environment. And there are many, many people that wish they could have lamb's ears to spread the way yours is spreading, because it's pretty. That is a lovely thing. I love that it's coming up in the compost. Um, that tells me a couple of things about your garden. First of all, it tells me that your soil is better drained than most, and I see that these plants are in a raised bed, so that would make sense. And I also see that you have kept them isolated to the extent that they are mulched around. In other words, if if they if you had not done that, those rudbeckias would have seeded into the lamb's ears by now. The rudbeckias that are behind them would have moved into the front, and I'll bet they have tried. So <laughs> I love seeing that, though. That's really beautiful, and it is a plant that needs to have well-drained soil, but it it does not tolerate wet feet very well, or at least not for too long. The yellowing of the leaves that you'll see sometimes on lamb's ear, the the, the, the sanitio that's almost gray, and it's one of the plants that. Deer don't like as well as perhaps some other things. I'm not saying that they won't eat it, but they're not. They don't like it as well. It's a it's a furry leaf, and that's usually something that the deer are not so crazy about. Interestingly enough, um, this is the, you're you're exactly right, Greg. Greg says this is how come this is true. Tuesday the rain came from the west. Wednesday from the north. Thursday we're having forecasting rain from the east. What is going on around here? Well. We are literally sitting, you know, I'm, I can't help myself, I'm a weather person. I, I, I didn't study it in college, don't know anything about it except experience and, and understanding how to read graphs and stuff because I was taught by a couple of meteorology people how to do that. But it's, it's always interesting to me where the fronts are and what pushes what. Sometimes at this time of year, all the push is from the Gulf. And that's when we generally are expecting bigger storms of the tropical type. But what we're getting now, of course, the other evening, someone uh, commented that how, how cool the rain felt because we do have different fronts in different places. And, yes, yeah, sometimes it's coming from different directions. It's a little bit distressing, though, because it's not usual. And we like usual when it comes to our rainfall in our gardens particularly. Okay, now, if you're not planting Budlia, let me ask you about a couple of other plants that you might be interested in that I saw in a garden center this week and thought, you know, somebody needs to get all of those <laughs> and go plant them. And that, of course, is dwarf abelia, another of the plants that I love. Now, I love big standard abelia, kind of a, 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 a grayish, um, almost purple leaf at this time, and then the little tiny white flowers that are so favored by the pollinators. But But the big abelia... Not everybody has room for that. And these little ones also have the advantage of having so much 
color in the leaves that they by themselves, even if they don't bloom particularly well or often, they're beautiful all year long. So think about those when you're when you're when you're wandering through the garden center looking for that insecticide that you know you needed. <laughs> you're going to want to make sure that you don't miss the plants while you're there. I have got uh, good news about Paul the poinsettia. Yeah, that's right. Paul the poinsettia is still rocking along. Two years now. <laughs> it's going to be the third season of redness if I can get some of it to turn red. Now, you know, last year I was able to get Paul to grow well and I was able to get the dark treatment going in September, but my isolation chamber was not as good as it should be, so I ended up with one side turning red at the right time and the other side not because it was obviously exposed to the sun. Well, this year I'm solving my problem. I'm getting a 30-gallon trash can to drop over the plant every night. I know that sounds crazy, but the plant's two and a half feet tall now. And by the time we get to the end of August, when I need to start doing this, it's going to be just about as wide as the inside of a trash can. So I've, I've got to do this. It's going to be crazy. Which brings me to say to you, hey, gardeners, what are you planning next? I know, I know. Every gardener has another thing on their mind. All right. There's no question about that. There's another thing that you're considering doing, something you want to maybe maybe you need to be thinking about it right now. We're not alone in the garden world in needing a little more time for things now. Some of our supply chains are a little slow. Some things that we're doing are taking a little longer to get to us. And quite frankly, if you're buying a one gallon plant, that uh, you know, a shrub or something that has been grown in another state, which many of them have been, then we really do end up with a greater price, both for the trucking and for the soil itself, and probably, coming into the next year, the next round of containers. So think about what you're going to do. Get yourself an or- get yourself organized about it, and you'll be able to do just everything that you want. You just may need to do it a little bit more carefully, um, a little bit more cautiously, with a little bit more. Patience. I very seldom use an anonymous quote in the Garden Mama newsletter, but this week I did because this is one of my favorites. I used to have it written on a rock. I didn't do that. Somebody gave it to me, but they knew that I needed it. Patience is waiting. Not passively waiting. That's laziness. But to keep going when the going is hard and slow, that's patience. And that is summer gardening. (laughs) I spent... Yesterday, I had a million things to do, of course, because I was getting ready for the the show, and and it's the weekend coming, and all sorts of stuff has to be watered and one thing and another. But I was determined to get another flat of grow material, you know, seed-starting material, watered up and started. Well, it's so dry, it took me all day and numerous re-wettings to get this material. It's it's heavily in peat. Y'all know it's peat and perlite for the most part. And it takes a long time to get that stuff wet. But... If I start with a bag of it, I can wet the bag and then fill the flat. However, yeah, okay, I was looking at convenience, and I picked up a couple of already filled trays, frankly, because they were on sale, and they were a good price, and and they were the right product. And that's why I'm having to then ended up spending the whole day getting them hydrated. The good news is they got hydrated. I'll be able to plant this weekend. Then I got to start on the other one. <laughs> then I got to start on the other one. Um, good question. Thank you very much. I'll send this to you on the text as well, Terry. But my Garden Mama newsletter is available to you by subscription, or it's also available as you if you're a patron at 
patreon.com slash garden mama i'm going to send you all of that in a note here in just a minute thank you very much i do that weekly and i really enjoy it because i have a lot to say and frankly we have a lot going on in our gardens this uh this particular week i I had to write about something that really didn't give me a lot of joy yeah tree abuse that's right you're going to hang that tire swing Get a big rope, not a little rope. You want it to be flat. You don't want it to wear out your limb. You want to hang a sign on the tree? Get a rope. Get a bungee cord. Do something. Don't put nails and screws into that tree. Now you say, well, I don't care. It's an old tree. You know, it's going to fall down anyway. Well, maybe not. And besides that, if you start doing all that, putting the nails and the screws in it, you also speed up the process But think about the person that eventually has to deal with this. You know, the tree's going to try to grow around that big nail. And the next thing you know, you're you're out there or somebody that's doing this for you is out there with a chainsaw trying to take the tree down. They hit the nail. Well, that messes everything up. And let me tell you, you don't want to mess up somebody in their chainsaw. (laughs) That's a big tool. It's a big deal. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, now look now. There's always rain in the forecast, but there's a lot of sunshine out here, too. Don't forget, you got to water your plants. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that, this, and the other thing. But look, right now, let's just bask, okay? This is Weekend Gardening. pieces and a whip topping swirl loaded with toasted coconut. You won't want to be rescued. The good old days are being made right now. The good old days are being made right now. I'm Andy Gibson, your Commissioner of Agriculture and Commerce. You can support Mississippi's many talented farmers, artisans, and craftsmen by purchasing products with a genuine Mississippi logo. That's the proof it's the real deal. To find products grown, raised, crafted, and made in our great state, just visit GenuineMS.com or visit the Genuine Mississippi store at the Mississippi Farmers Market every Monday through Friday, 11 to 1, and Saturdays, 8 to 1. I'm Andy Gibson, and I am Genuine Mississippi. 
Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. At Green Home Solutions, we make air better. Indoor air pollution can cause health risks such as asthma, eye issues, itchy and sore throats, respiratory problems, and skin irritations. Green Home Solutions provides you the indoor air quality you want for your home or business without indoor air pollutions and without the use of harmful chemicals. Create a balanced, healthy, and clean environment with Green Home Solutions. We make air better. Call me, owner Michael Keaton, at 601-988-7840 or look for us on Facebook. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a winkle troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. This is JT. If you're like me, you like to deal with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954, and they're headquartered in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks, 1-800-647-8540, or on the web, MajesticMetalsINC.com. Ridgeland Medical Clinic is a proud sponsor of the Gallo Radio Show. Conveniently located in Ridgeland off Highway 51 North in the Oak Place Shopping Center. Call them to see Jody Adams today. something about that tune that I don't it, it, it makes you want to step lightly you just kind of want to dance through the door you know so it's called close enough for jazz and yes it is a Van Morrison ancient thing <laughs> for those of you who thought I wasn't gonna play Van today I did always oh my goodness this is great stuff y'all are this is this is really good questions um the and Andrea's asking if Paul the poinsettia is indoors or outdoors. Paul's outside right now um, because, frankly, they're, I, they're, it's, so, it, it's so dry inside my house in that particular room that if I had that plant in there, it, it wouldn't get enough humidity, and then I'd have to humidify it. So I've got him in the shade, though. I don't have him out in full sun 
because frankly this is about a six and six or seven inch container and a plant that's two and a half feet tall. Yes, I should have repotted this already. I'm not going to do that. So I, w- I may have to put a saucer under it and start watering it from the bottom to keep it hydrated, but it's a beautiful plant and I'm going to leave it outside until we get to September and then I'll start dropping the, the trash can or something over it. Um, if your plant is not looking that good though, Andrea, I would do this. Cut it back a little bit because this they're really happy to grow, particularly outdoors right now. They're very happy to grow. Cut it back a little bit. Don't worry about the white latex that kind of bleeds out of it. That's not a thing. It'll 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 toughen back up in about a day. Give it some fertilizer, and but I would only do this pinching, this pruning once, because we're at the point where it needs to go ahead and produce those numerous flower heads, well, numerous leaf heads that are going to turn into flowers as we get on into the later in the season. What we're going to do, of course, is to fool the poinsettia into thinking it's later. If you go to Mexico City, the poinsettias are as taller, or they're taller than your truck, and they grow in the median of the, the street, all right? And they naturally come on bright red in January. That is what our ambassador to Mexico, that's right, Ambassador Ponset, that's right, P-O-I-N-S-E-T-T. He went down there and said, whoa, we got to have these. And so that's when we began to understand how we could begin to grow them for a holiday plant by making them think, giving them a longer dark period beginning in September, sooner than it would happen naturally. We're able to fool them a little bit, coax them into putting on those beautiful red bracts and tiny yellow flowers. They, they do need fertilizer. They do need sunshine. They don't need to be blasted, though, with um, a whole lot of either one at, at this moment. You really do want them to be happy, you know. Oh, Brian, that's beautiful. Lovely, lovely flower beds. Just gorgeous. Um, I'm, I did see the other day, and I don't even know the name of the subdivision, but I'm, I'm, always, I'm always fascinated by the entrances to subdivisions because the planting can either reflect or maybe not make you feel so welcome or maybe look like somebody locals doing it or maybe look like the association you know there's different ways different styles of handling that sign and the plants around it i was really happy to see two big old cannas about three feet tall with big big flowers on them blooming on either side of that particular sign literally i looked at the cannas and don't remember the name of the neighborhood (laughs) but if it's your neighborhood it's a nice one you should encourage whoever does that. That's just lovely. Really pretty stuff. I, uh, I, I'm i kind of fascinated by some of the news this week. And, and it's not all the Olympics. Um, yes, I was awake yesterday morning. Yes, I turned on the opening ceremonies at the time they were actually happening. Yes, I'm a nerd. I know that. But it was a good coffee moment, you know. Um, as somebody who really likes... You wouldn't know it by looking at me, but I really like fashion and like to pay attention to those things. Some of their get-ups were pretty hilarious, and some of them were just gorgeous. It's an interesting. It's always interesting to me to see that. Um, I'm I've never had a rabbit for a pet. I've never raised rabbits. Don't really eat rabbit very much. Probably had it a couple of times, but um, I didn't. There's just nothing. You know, you got to learn something new every day if you're going to keep your brain going. And frankly. I learned this yesterday. I did not know that the the domesticated rabbits 
in Britain, I mean, well, Britain, in Europe, okay, there are a bunch of them. I think of them as Britain because the rabbit breeders that I happen to know are from there. But there's only one rabbit species in Europe. Now, they came originally from the, the uh, southern France, from the Iberian Peninsula, but that, that's, you know, that's great. But that's since the Ice Age, all right? So they've diverged into different kinds. That's why we have froppy, floppy-eared French bunnies and why we have the little Netherland dwarf bunnies, you know, that you can carry in your pocket and the Flemish giants that you wouldn't want to. They'll beat you up if you're not careful. And, of course... My favorite, because my friend as in college had, had them for pets, fluffy angora bunnies. Oh, my goodness, they're so pretty. But we got a whole bunch more here. None, they're not related to each other, however. We have got many species in the New World, as they call um, <laughs> as they call our hemisphere. I love this. Iowa State University and UC Riverside said, you know, we're going to figure this out. So they went and studied the archaeology. They went and studied all of the reports that had been done. And in fact, they found that those rabbit species, that one rabbit species in England, was domesticated 1,500 years ago. Well, our rabbits on this side of the ocean actually are so different that it's a very different process and, and works out differently. This is basically animal husbandry. If any of you all have, have studied that a little bit, it's how the group performs, how the individuals perform in the group, how the whole species continues or how the subset pr- proceeds. Okay. In this particular case, how come there, how come the rabbits got domesticated in Europe, but not in the Americas? Well, European rabbits are very social creatures. They all live together. The American cottontails, not so much. Now, that's not to say that they don't call one another, because if you've ever had the experience of the rabbits coming into your garden, they don't come alone, all right? There's always more than just a couple of them when they actually invade. But I think that's because they talk to one another, and they all are looking for basically the same kind of food. In in the case of um, this particular study, I was intrigued because they studied at um, Teotihuacan, which is the Valley of the Sun and the Moon on the Yucatan Peninsula, which where I've actually been. It was a major city in Mexico a couple of thousand years ago. It's a magnificent place to go and understand where our part of the world, how our part of the world originated and how it began. But it turns out they were doing rabbits then. They had not only wild deer, but they domesticated turkeys and dogs. However, the the, the rabbits were not particularly domesticated. Um, it, it did indicate, though, that they were being raised, not hunted, which is the first part of husbandry. Now, whether or not they all got along or whether they argued over the radio channel, we don't know. But the, they're because they're not known for living in groups particularly well. They did bury rabbits at both the Sun and the Moon pyramids, and they um, they found them in, in, in all over the site, archaeologically speaking. It's really interesting stuff. Um, turns out they fed them corn. Hmm, I like that. Really interesting. But in other places, they were fed other things. But the difference in the way they work is just amazing. The fact that, that they're all rabbits, but the whole of Europe has one species. And we have literally many rabbit species. We haven't even finished counting them all over here. There's, it's not that there's hundreds, but it's just that not a whole lot of people look at rabbits. Well, maybe we should. Maybe we really should. Oh, Trey, c- 
coming along. Those are beautiful. My goodness, a branch full of fruit. That's just beautiful. I love this. Brenda and Brandon sending her two-year-old poinsettia. That's beautiful. You're gonna. That's so many. That's the thing you're looking for. See, on a poinsettia at this point, you would like for it to have lots of heads. In other words, it's been branched so that each of the, it, it doesn't just have two sticks coming up. It's got six or eight or ten, and she's got all of that. That's beautiful, Brenda. I love it. Love, love, love. Um, one of the other things that's happening in my garden this week has been cashmere bouquet. Now. Cashmere bouquet comes up under any circumstances, but in a wet year, oh my goodness, I need my loppers to get some of it out. And here's how I take it out. It doesn't come back up in the same place again. This is something that I'll probably, if I was a younger person, I would deny that I do this, but I do. And I may as well tell you. Take the lopper or take the hand shear, whatever you're doing. Cashmere bouquet, of course, is a plant that spreads underground, in my case, under my house, and comes up on the other side um, and, and spreads everywhere. has a beautiful, great big pink flower that the pollinators love. Butterflies love, love, love it. But it gets in the way of a lot of other things. It can be very difficult to control if you don't keep after it. And... You can't use it for cut flowers because when you cut it, it smells like wet goats. It's really not pleasant. So get down to the base of the ground, dig in a little bit with your shovel, I mean not your shovel, with your the, the point on your clipper or with a, in my case, the lopper that has a nice sharp part point to it. Go under the soil just a hair, cut that stem, pull it out, and put in a tiny half teaspoon of table salt. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because the salt will suppress that one. It'll help that dry out that particular stem. It, it doesn't do anything to kill the plant. And frankly, it doesn't do that much you know, to slow down the one next to it. But you can at least keep them from proliferating by doing that. And I've been doing it for years. I have a manageable stand of cashmere bouquet because I have done that. Now, I will tell you. We talk about Ken Hackman from time to time, and he's, he's the wonderful bird man that we all admire and, and love to listen to, love to hear what's going on. Years ago, he gave me a glory bower clearodendron, and like a fool, I planted it. Well, it took me a while to get it not to come up under my house and not to, you know, basically go everywhere. This year, probably been seven or eight years since I've seen it in my yard. This year it came up, and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be right outside my back door, but it's only going to be that one, and I'm going to get rid of it before it seeds because of the same problem. However... It's because so much water has come into that area. That one little seed that was down in there for all that time has made its way to the top. I have another one. If you um, are are part of my social media world, you may have seen this one on on Facebook. It's Surprise Lily, Lycoris squamidra. I planted those bulbs, I know, 20 years ago. And since that time, my, it's right between my neighbor and myself, and, and, and my, my neighbor's work has come over there, and they've mowed that area a whole lot, all right? So the bulbs never came back up. They, bu- they bloomed for a couple of years, but I never worried about them. I just said, oh, well, they're gone. They're big and blooming and have covered up in flowers this year because so much rain finally got down to them that whatever was left of them was able to come up and bloom. It's just amazing. You're probably seeing things like that, too. I'd love to hear about them. Let's see. Is it, uh, is it too late to use weed and feed And if I haven't fed the lawn this year and I'm in Pascagoula? You know, I, w- I don't know. It depends on the lawn grass. 
and I would certainly take a couple of the weeds that you're most concerned about and go and take them with you to the garden center. Because if those are on the bag or on the pictures that they have that that particular product will control, that's good. That can help. On the other hand, it may be that you just really need to spot treat those weeds and then use some slow-release fertilizer on your lawn, especially if it's a lawn, an old lawn, if it's 10 or 15 years old. It's gonna, it really doesn't need to be pushed with weed and feed. However, if, they, if those weeds are on that bag or in that list, it would be a good product to use because you could do two things at one time. Okay? Okay. I really do think that's pretty. That's, I'm looking at that poinsettia. That's just lovely. Congratulations, Brenda. That's great. Oh, my goodness. Um, let's see what else is happening up here. The, the question about potting soil in, the, um, in a bag. Um, I don't know, Ken. It's the, the depends on what all you put into the bed as to what the smells would be. And if you can isolate that one product, you might want to compost it a little bit longer. That is possible. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. Oh, by the way, if you live on the West Coast, or if you live sometimes even here, but there's another plant um, that we call Naked Ladies that is also the single stem with the pink flowers on top of it, but it's actually an amaryllis. It's it's a, a, a belladonna. It it the way you tell it from the others is that its flowers are for the most part up on top in one whorl or two whorls, whereas Guamidura, the, the, the Lycoris, makes a, a spray of them that falls down, more like crinum or something, looks different, doesn't look the same. I, I'm happy to say that I was, once, um, I was once a very new person in radio, had done a little radio here and there, and then here came the day that the guy called and said, there's naked ladies all over my yard. Fortunately, I knew it was Lycoris squamidura, but it was a pretty funny thing. I have to admit, I had to think for a moment that same day I heard about high geraniums. I'll tell you about that after this. Let's add to this room. I think mama's choking from the smell of stale perfume. And the cigarette you're smoking about to scare me half to death. Open up the window, let me catch my breath Mama told me not to come Mama told me not to come She said that ain't no way to have fun Son, that ain't no way to have fun Son, son, son We're the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation offices Farm Bureau is a grassroots organization with county offices serving all 82 counties. From Adams to Yazoo and every county in between, we have local county boards affecting change all across Mississippi. And every Farm Bureau employee is working to improve the quality of life for everyone in the state. When Mississippi thrives, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. 
Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Does your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Innovative Health Clinic, formerly Acoustic Wave Treatment Center, offers an affordable non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Schedule your appointment at 601-944-5585 or online at InnovativeHealthClinic.net. Now taking same-day appointments. Green Home Solutions is a proud VIP sponsor of The Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. I'm looking forward to a play date with my granddaughter. Nana! <laughs> I can't wait to get together with my friends for a backyard barbecue. If you're 65 or older, you're starting to get back to doing things you love. Did you know even healthy adults 65 and older are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia? It's a potentially serious bacterial lung disease that can disrupt your life for weeks. Help protect yourself with the Prevnar 13 pneumococcal 13-valent conjugate vaccine, diphtheria CRM197 protein. Prevnar 13 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 13 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 13 does not protect against all strains of the disease. Ask your doctor or pharmacist today about Prevnar 13. Learn more at Prevnar13.com. Don't get Prevnar 13 if you have had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with a weakened immune system may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-866-694-9300 or visit Prevnar13.com. I'm Lauren McGraw with Gotta Go. I'm here to help you with your construction site. We have many different options such as portable toilets, handicap units, hand washers, eye washers, and also roll-off dumpsters. When you gotta go, please call Gotta Go. 601-879-3969. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Yes, indeed. Turn it up. Turn that radio up all the time, but especially when you're listening to Garden Mama. Thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate it more than I can even begin to tell you. You know, one of the things that uh, we all we all like to think about is what are we going to do next in the garden? And you think that I'm being funny about that, but at this time of the year, you know, this is when... Other people are just busy, 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 day after day after day. I have a, an editor of mine 
who lives up in Iowa, and um, they're selling their home and you know kind of going towards retirement, getting getting away from the two story house and moving, maybe maybe somewhere far away. But at least they're 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 definitely enjoying this particular big garden for the last time. And it was fun to see all of the things that they've done there because they're, these people are intense gardeners. But it all happens in July and August. Well, around here. Um, we're reading seed catalogs and staying indoors and looking out at the garden you know, and getting ready for the fall garden and that sort of thing. It's hot, y'all, and it, it's a time when you need to be aware of – I went out to prune blueberries yesterday and ended up picking figs. Okay, that's how fast things go in the, back, in the garden at this time of the year. So you need to take care of yourself. Keep your insect repellent on, of course, and make sure that you're going out at a time when the bugs are less excited than you are if you happen to have problems with them, like most of us do. This wet year has brought people mosquitoes who didn't have any before. Pretty fun stuff. Um, let me see now. Joe says, is this uh, something on this? Looks like crepe myrtle. No, it's an althea. That's a, it's a lichen. What it tells you is that it's been a really long time since you either pruned or fertilized that lichen or that it's growing in a very, very dry soil. It's unlikely to be a very dry soil this time, uh, at this particular point in the, in the year because we've had so much rain. But I would go ahead. I wouldn't worry about the gray. I would just make sure that you do a little pruning on it next year. Fertilize it now if you can because it, it won't hurt that. Um, let me see now. The... It looks as if something is chewing on the hydrangea, Joe. Um, yeah, let me see. I, I, I can't really tell, but if it is slugs, then we want to put some diatomaceous earth around the bottom of the plant, pull the mulch back a little bit, and put that on the ground so that they can't crawl up on the plant. If you find tiny little green worms up in there, however, you've got a different problem. You need to pluck them off and then use spinosad. It's going to be one of two, one of those two things because either of those can cause a hole like you're looking at on that particular leaf. Okay. Um, I really do love my hydrangeas. I, <laughs> I have they're they're buried right now in the the ones in my front garden are behind. They bloom first. And then the perennial hibiscus comes up in front of them, and the, the perennial hibiscus now are three feet tall and blooming and doing a pretty good job of that. But they're also blocking the hydrangeas so that you have to be on the other side of the yard to realize that they're still blooming. They put on new flowers again last week, bright blue, really pretty. There's no reason for that. <laughs> doesn't make, they're not reblooming hydrangeas. They, if they were, I would expect it, but they're not. Pretty funny stuff. Let's see, um, small black flying insect. The bugs have a, a dot on their back devouring the hibiscus leaves. It's probably um, one of our skeletonizers. There are a couple of them that will literally eat everything except for the veins of the leaf. And so the leaves end up looking kind of lacy. Um, it's, it's a different thing. There, what can I use that won't hurt the bees? Part of what is what you use, and part of it is when you use it. Um, for example, if you need to put an insecticide on a plant that is visited by bees, you use it. You do it at the opposite end of the day from when they're there. In my case, for example, there the bees are much more active later in in the morning because part of my garden is shady. 
But at your house, they may be out there at 8 a.m. So just watch the plants, and if you see that they're busier in the afternoon, you're going to want to spray later in the evening or very, very early in the morning. All you, you can use things, though, that will only do the insects and not really last very long. And so that's that's the other advantage. Um, I would get, if, the, if you can find where the small black flying insects are living, that's even better to treat, okay? But you're going to want to use insecticidal soap and pyrethrin on these particular critters. And then, if that's not getting it, getting the job done, you'll move up to a neem oil, all right? Either one of those can, can take care of the problem. Small black flying insects. We have a lot of those. The gnats have not been as bad yet this year, um, and, and I'm happy to say that because last year, at this point, I think every other call was about the black, the flying gnats, at least at every call from some parts of the state, not everybody. All right, let's see. Ray and Clinton, when and how to start flowering cabbage and mums in my greenhouse? Oh, okay. Um, if you've got flowering cabbage or flowering kale seed or you have um, – you, you, we're not going to grow mums from seed – but we're going to grow mums from cuttings, and you can certainly, if you've if you've already cut back your, the mums that you have now, those cuttings will root. And you can there's plenty of mums at the garden centers. You can get one and take cuttings at this point, and undoubtedly, because there's still plenty of time for that. They'll you'll they'll be they start showing up in July, but they don't have flowers on them yet. Okay, um, for flowering cabbage, we're gonna we want to plant that into the garden in September. And so, therefore, we need to go ahead and get it started. We're going to let them grow for about six weeks, mid-July through all the way through August. And that's the same is true of anything that we want to plant in September. Um, that's one of the reasons I'm watering all, all of this peat mix, seed starting mix. It's because I'm, I'm starting some seeds, and this was just the next thing I needed to start. Um, in this case, it's going to be parsley. Probably the whole, that whole flat will probably be parsley. Um, and, and maybe some cilantro. We'll see. We shall see. Uh, but flowering cabbage is one of those plants that people love or they don't. And I'm I'm very fond of it. Um, had a question this week about what, is, what edible flowers there are. And in fact, I'm, I'm reminded of a, a quote from a, a fairly famous grower friend of mine who said, many more are edible than are tasty. <laughs> so that's part of it. It's which ones do you like the taste of? Um, I like the taste of nasturtiums, for instance. A lot of people find them to be really bitter, like arugula, and I like that too, but some people don't like arugula. Some people don't like cilantro. They say it tastes like soap, so we, it's really your taste when it comes to these things. But what you need to make sure of is that they are not grown with insecticides used at a point where you shouldn't be consuming them. So what that means, of course, is that if you grow it yourself and you know what's been put on it or not put on it, you've got a better situation than if you were trying to find flowers um, in somebody else's garden that you don't know how they were taken care of. Okay? Okay. I love hibiscus. We're seeing a bunch of them this year um, that are doing beautifully. Uh, it's another case where we've got for example, um, the, the slightly hardier, you know, we've got perennial hibiscus, like I have in my front garden, Luna, but the big purple flower. But there's also tropical hibiscus. And then in between, of course, there are the ones that we really like, the Cajun hibiscus, um, that are 
really looking gorgeous this year. The ones that I have seen have just had huge flowers and beautiful colors. There's just something about the season that has done them really, really done them a lot of good. <laughs> I was fascinated. You know, I like things that come from what appears to be the duh file. Have you ever, if you've been recently into a school lunchroom, too many places, the line is long and the time to actually eat the food is short. And in some cases, they tell the children they can't talk. So this is, I'm not kidding, I've been there. This is not the way to teach kids how to eat lunch, okay, or how to eat in civilization. Sure enough, University of Illinois says, kids eat more fruit and vegetables with longer seated lunchtime. Duh. We've got duh. We've got other things. We've got smart stuff. Lots of things to talk about this is Weekend Gardening. Typically, we here at Keep Mississippi Beautiful like to share positive news with you, but not today. Litter is on the rise in our state and we need your help. Please put trash in its proper place and make sure you aren't accidentally littering items from the back of your truck. Protect the road, secure your load, because trash blows. Do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. What does Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation do for Mississippi? Our goal is to create opportunities for Mississippi farmers and ranchers to have a better life and make a better living. We offer education and safety programs, create scholarship opportunities, and provide health resources for our members, not to mention our agricultural advocacy efforts. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers, along with Surrender Fire Ant Killer. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. As explained by the president of the Mississippi State Medical Association, Dr. Mark Horn, the fears of long-term effects of taking the COVID-19 vaccine are unfounded. Billions of doses have been given of various vaccines and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of doses of Pfizer and Moderna have been given in the United States and around the world. 
we were going to see major problems, we'd see it by now. And the consumer price index rose 0.9% in June, indicating that Americans are paying more for goods and services. Senator Roger Wicker called it a tax increase on every American consumer. Mississippians are paying more for a tank of gas, for a gallon of milk. They're paying more for a new home, for a used car. Used car prices have shot up by 10% since May and about 45% since June of last year. That is real inflation, and it affects real working Americans. I'm Andy Davis. It's the first day of the first grade, and she found a new best friend. It's a layback Sunday afternoon. into our new coconut cream pie ice cream and imagine being stranded on a deserted island. Rich coconut French ice cream, flakes of coconut, tasty pie crust pieces, and a whipped topping swirl loaded with toasted coconut. You won't want to be rescued. The good old days are being made right now. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos and his crew flew into space Tuesday aboard the Blue Origin, but a Mississippi company helped them get there. Eaton Aerospace produced the hydraulic pumps for the ship, but this wasn't the first time for Eaton. In 2015, their hydraulic pumps facilitated the launch and successful return landing of Blue Origin's New Shepard space vehicle. And land has been acquired for a major development in southwest Mississippi. Announced by Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith, the Scenic Rivers Development Alliance has acquired approximately 150 acres of land along the shoreline of Lake Okissa. It'll be developed into a 200-room lodge and a 1,000-person conference center. Work on the property is expected to begin later this year. A provision sponsored by Hyde-Smith in the 2018 Farm Bill allowed the alliance to acquire the land from the U.S. Forest Service. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. For Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Major League Baseball draft saw five Mississippi State Bulldogs taken, led by Will Badnar in the first round, the 14th pick overall, taken by the San Francisco Giants. The Bulldogs also lost three signees in the Major League draft in the first and second rounds. There were four Ole Miss players taken in the Major League draft, led by Gunnar Hoagland in the first round, taken by the Blue Jays. In the second round was Doug Nikhazy taken by the Indians. Right-hander pitcher Taylor Broadway was taken in the sixth round by the White Sox. One rebel commitment, Jackson Job out of Oklahoma, was taken in the first round by the Tigers. The Southern Miss Golden Eagles had outfielder Reed Trimble taken by the Orioles, the 65th pick overall. Left-hander Ryan Oach by the Padres in the seventh round. And Hunter Stanley was taken in the 11th round by the Cleveland Indians. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. If you're building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Propane, clean American energy. 
Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. What does the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation do? We are a voluntary, non-governmental, non-partisan organization seeking solutions to the social economic issues impacting Mississippi farm families. Our mission is to elevate agriculture at the local, state, and national levels. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. The Tokyo Olympics are still scheduled to get underway in Tokyo later this month. Five Ole Miss Rebels will be competing in the events. Sam Hendricks in men's track and field became a star in 2016 when he took home the bronze medal in pole vaulting. And the Brittany Reese will be in the women's track and field event, making her fourth appearance in the Olympics. She took home gold in the long jump in 2012 and silver in 2016. Mississippi State has six Bulldogs in Tokyo. Brandon McBride, the men's track and field, returning to the Olympics after competing in Rio in 2016. Erica Bagard set records at Mississippi State and is competing in her first Olympic Games. Curtis Thompson, the men's track and field, runner-up in 2019 and is set to compete in Javelin in Tokyo. And the other Mississippi natives include Corey McGee, out of past Christiane, making her first trip to the Olympics. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. This is July. That's right. Yeah, it's my favorite month because I was born then, but I can't help that. The good news is It's not going to rain as much in the next few days as it has been lately. That gives you the opportunity to get out and do a few things. Good grief. There's so much excess. I realized yesterday how much shade is now falling onto a bed that I've been recovering because everything else hasn't been cut back. When I first moved to this property that I live at, there was a little low hedge between me and the neighbor. And over the years, I think both of us sort of, we enjoyed having a little bit more green, you know, so now we have this wall. I mean, we, you can still see through it, but it just it's just funny. It's, it's not a privacy fence, and it's not a particularly lovely bunch of plants either. Now, I'll tell you, when the trumpet vine blooms, you can kind of take your breath away, but that, that's a different thing entirely. So the rest of that stuff under there is just sort of, well, it's mostly Nandina's. And frankly, a lot of them. So there's a lot of clearing and doing to be done. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Welcome in. Weekend Gardening's where we get to talk about what's going on in my garden, in your garden, in the neighbor's garden, talk about what's happening in the green world, things we wish people would study, things we wish that they'd figure out how to do something about, and quite frankly, how in the world we can take a little bit more time for ourselves and our world, okay? I mean, it's important. Oh, it's so true. Um, there's the. the <laughs> I'm not the only person. Greg and Nettleton is also wishing that, that something about those late freezes would have dampened the insects' spirits. But sadly, just like we got more flowers, in some cases I think we got more bugs. I have been on a fire ant control. I, I 
there's a problem when you don't want to get up underneath something with the weed eater. Sometimes it leaves a space. And up underneath one of my blueberries, the fire ants have managed to flee and find a way to make a home there. I was out there yesterday hurting them as well. Um, let's see. Bubba in Belzona asks, are coffee grounds beneficial to deter insects or change the pH of plants? No, they don't do either one of those things, but they are a perfectly decent source of organic matter. We add them to compost partly because of their texture um, and because when they when they rot, they, they rot beautifully along with their paper filters um, into parts of the compost. But they're not a, they're not known to be anti-insect, and they don't have any effect on pH that uh, I'm aware of, okay? I also planted something else yesterday. I sowed some seeds from Napetta. That's right. Um, the cat mint. That's one of the words from the Scripps Howard spelling bee this week, this year. They're, um, the cats like it. They like it a little too much. One of my bird feeders got wet and um, things got started sprouting and whatnot in it. The squirrels thought that was delightful. So I've, I've been in, the cats have been enjoying things. The squirrels have been enjoying things. And there's so much out there for both of them that they're not even bothering each other. And that's kind of a problem. I'm, 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 I, I like to see the cats keep the squirrels up higher in the trees, frankly. <laughs> I need them to be away from the plants that I'm trying to cultivate. Yes, me and the squirrels have an ongoing relationship. It's not always a very positive one. But I guess it's good news for them. I don't eat squirrel. So there you have it. All right, now, pictures this week. What do I do about this, Mama? What is this? What am I doing about this? Oh, dear, look at this. And and I have to tell you that uh, scale insects are not just a problem in the winter when they hatch out and start to crawl around in, in, and they're vulnerable to being controlled then because they're tender and tiny and you can spray them with pyrethrin and take care of the problem. Now, of course, by this point, they have begun setting up, they, they have set up shop and they have begun creating their next generations and creating some problems. Once they settle down, of course, they become firmly attached and it is very difficult because at that point, once the scale pokes its nose into the leaf um, or the branch of your plant, then it begins to, as it feeds, it exudes this coating around it. You'll see sometimes it's a fluffy white coating or fluffy gray coating. Sometimes it's just slick like wax, but it makes it very, very difficult to get them off the plant. Um, they're, they're, they're not only attached, but they've also got armor, so to speak. So at this time of the year, um, I want you to be aware if that's the problem You'll see it, for example, in camellias, you'll see that they've not only got problems, but they've, got, they've turned yellow. They're starting to be dehydrated at this point. So the oils are the most effective thing to use to control them. The temperatures are not favorable for that at this point, however. You need to read the label about that, of course. And if you do use an oil spray, um, use it late in the evening so that it has all night uh, to work before the sun gets back on it again and be aware that this is better for shade plants but do read the label because particular products have different points at which they can be used and in different temperatures at which they will just burn those leaves okay we don't want to do that 888-808-8637 that is the super talk call line when you call daniel will answer and he will say what would you like to talk about and where are you and put that information up on the screen for me so that i can talk to you and then of course 
We have the ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. You want to get in touch with me anytime during the week, Mama on Air at yahoo.com and mama is always in my case spelled m-a-m-a you can always get in touch with me there i do check that email at least once a day sometimes twice um so if you don't hear from me within a couple of hours don't be surprised (laughs) it might be a few more but i do check there every day okay okay um and that's also where you can get information about the newsletter and about the patreon community and the other things that i am up to i have um booked with great um, hope and joy to speak on Friday, October 8th. I think it's 8th, maybe the 7th. Anyway, at um, at Crystal Springs that weekend, I'm going to speak on Friday. I hope that you will make your plans now to be there. It's going to be something that you will want to uh, see and do and be at. It's also something that has many brilliant memories for me and I hope for you too if you've been before you know how much fun it can be to uh, to get there and, and have a chance to see other gardeners and see all that wonderful 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 work that they do at the experiment station at Crystal Springs um, I'm, I'm fascinated by this work coming out from Rockefeller University about the, the how do we how do we recognize a face how do we if you haven't seen somebody for a while, you, you still manage to see them, you know. How do you recognize them? And now the good news is that we're studying this usually unstudied and, and really obscure part of our brain is where we found it. And what did we find? We found the grandmother neuron. That's a single cell that stands at the crossroads of something and something else. In this case, it is the sensory perception and the memory. So in other words... Um, you can see an important face over a whole group of other people. It's why when you look at a picture of yourself from thir- third grade or first grade or something, you can actually see yourself, <laughs> you know, which one is you, because your mind has that grandmother cell to put the memory forward to you. Oop, we lost John. What was his question? Do you know? John's from Realville. Call back, John, if you want to. Yeah, his question was, um, he planted some, uh, some, I forgot what they were called but they're for his deer and he was wondering something was up with it like it wasn't growing or something he was wondering if that was the fertilizer or something else uh well deer plots in general um take care of themselves if you plant and fertilize at that point but again you may you may be having some trouble with how much water the plants are getting that can certainly use up all the fertilizer and then they'll stop growing so that is one thing that can happen for true when we talk about, by the way, those scaled insects, um, I got another another image in, in my head that I needed to remember to tell you about, and that is that one of the things that's going to ta- always want to talk about are the systemic insecticides. I'm not a big user of systemic insecticides, but I have to tell you that they can be very effective in treating things like scale. Oh, good. Hello, John. Thank you for getting back with us. What's going on? Good morning. Howdy. I planted the. Uh, let me turn my radio down. Thank you. I planted Fuyu persimmons about eight years ago, and every year they fruit up, uh, flower up good. Anyway, they bloom, but after they bloom, they drop all the blooms off. They won't hold a bloom. And I was wondering if it was fertility, soil type, or what could be my problem. Well, it could be um, as simple as fertilizer. What do you feed them with? Uh, well, they're kind of busting. 
almost because they get the same fertilizer with corn and everything I plant for the deer get. And what is that? Uh, usually urea or 41004, ammonium sulfate, get a little bit of everything. Okay, that's way too much nitrogen for those trees. They're gonna they they'll it'll not only knock off their flowers but it, it prevents them from being able to grow fruit. You're giving them all the leafy nitrogen wonderful stuff in the world, but back off on the other uh, back off on the fertilizer. I would say for the, the next year and see if they don't go ahead and make you a nice crop next year. Okay, you, what else would make them? If I have, have some at an old house site too that mm-hmm. they don't ever hold a bloom. Well, I mean pollination is an is an issue. And if you can put there, this I've heard this. This isn't anything that I've ever studied in in class, but I've, I've or, or done myself. But I've heard this. If there are old persimmons, you know, native ones in the area, it does help the food use. I don't know that that's true. And the folks that I know who grow them in Clinton do not have this issue and don't you know don't have that don't have. But there are plenty of old persimmons out there, so that might be part of it. Okay, but it, it's usually a matter of pollination. Um, and you might think of anything else that would cause the flower to drop off too soon, late cold snap, early heat snap, all of those kinds of things. But if it's consistent, it's usually something that they're not getting. And in the case of the older trees at the old home place, they're probably not getting pollinated. And they may, there may or may not be enough of the phosphorus and potassium in the soil that they need. But it's also true that persimmons oftentimes have take up way too much nitrogen, so they may be getting nitrogen, you know, because the soil around them is healthy. And that it could be that the same answer is coming on for both things. But I don't know the answer. I'm going to hope that my, my friends from Clinton will send us a note and let us know if there's something else that I'm missing. But you're, but too much nitrogen is always a problem for food use. Okay. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. I wish you had a bunch of them. I'd be begging. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Um, let's see. Um, that's funny. There's uh, actually, uh, no, you couldn't, Rhett. Sorry, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm not going. I've, I've eaten squirrel. I didn't like it. There's reasons that I, anyway, that's another whole thing. Oh, guess what else? If this is the point in the year where you have not replenished the mulch around your plants, you're starting to see more and more weeds. If you have got a ground cover that you want to plant, this is a good time while the soil is still pretty damp to get those ground covers in, especially the really hardy ones, very tough things. For example, sprigs of uh, a juga, a bugle weed, a sp- sprigs of any of the low-growing, compact. That, because what we're looking at, of course, is soil that's going to not only be muddy but stay that way if, if it keeps on raining, which it's going to do. So we need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves a little bit better than that. All right, give yourself a chance to work with what is working, and then fix the things that are not. Okay. See, that's the other thing about memory. If you don't remember what happened last year, you can't necessarily prevent it from happening this year. And then the garden, that can be very, very interesting. For example, that's why we don't plant tomatoes the same place twice. Um, it's why we don't plant lima beans the same place twice, because of the things that went on the year before 
can create a site that is not useful. Um, yes, I do know people who swap lima beans and tomatoes each year and then swap them back. <laughs> I've known people that used uh, one raised bed, two raised beds, one for one and one for the other. So it's not a bad thing to do. I don't think we need the grandmother neuron for it, but it's an interesting concept to be able to remember these things. That's why people do garden journals. That's why people make notes. Um, that's why I, I don't do either one of those things, but when my children eventually go through all of my stuff in my desk, they'll find calendars from years of time they'll have random things marked in them you know this was the day that i pruned this or that not that i kept it up in a strategic fashion but at least i could look back the next year and see when these things happened I've done that a little bit it works out why are, why are some plants more resistant to pests than others why are some better able to develop resistance and why frankly are we able to find some plants that don't get problems when the whole rest of the species does well some of it's just random some of it's just you know the 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 happenstance of growth but in some cases it is in fact genetics and in studying giant evergreen trees from this is beautiful study um, North Carolina State there's just really cool how come some of them why do we have so many pests in the in the first place that don't get on some trees that get all over the ones in the next forest could help us to breed resistance if we knew what some of these answers were and also of course the for example the sitka spruce trees beautiful things um they're 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 300 feet tall at times from from the west on the west coast but the spruce weevil ultimately is a bigger problem even than human beings, and human beings, as we know, really take down an awful lot <laughs> of our trees. In this case, though, the spruce weevil will stunt the growth of a young tree, and then, because it deforms the growth that remains, basically ruins the tree for the purpose of creating a nice, tall, beautiful, romantic spruce. In this case, what they've been trying to work on is why does that happen? How common is natural resistance? And what can we do to cultivate it? Well, those are all things that we want to know about everything. And I love that in the 2010s, early on, they found a specialized cell type. Um, and indeed, the, these are called stone cells. And you're you know about stone cells even though you don't know you know about them if you've bitten into um, a pear and it had a little bit of a gritty texture to it which i really like i like being able to sink my teeth into things other people don't that's actually a stone cell and it's yeah we understand all the stone cell you know fruit stuff and all that but this is about stone cells they're harder they have stronger edges and in fact the one the trees that have more of those the spruce weevils tend to leave alone so it's a clue a lot of research is all about a clue and i like this one all right now we got a ways to go this morning you need to call you need to text pop in here this is weekend gardening like you are in the dark 
Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. What does Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation do for Mississippi? Our goal is to create opportunities for Mississippi farmers and ranchers to have a better life and make a better living. We offer education and safety programs, create scholarship opportunities, and provide health resources for our members, not to mention our agricultural advocacy efforts. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable ENERGY STAR qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Ream. The new degree of comfort. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. I was surprised the other day when I got a phone call asking if we sold guns. We sell lots of guns. We have the largest selection of firearms in this area, including over 100 AR-type guns priced from $5.99 on up. We also just got in a huge shipment of ammo, including such hard-to-find calibers as 380, 9mm, and 223. No limit on quantity and no inflated prices. Check out our website, rangebyjimmyprimos.com, or like us on Facebook. I'm looking forward to a play date with my granddaughter. Nana! <laughs> I can't wait to get together with my friends for a backyard barbecue. If you're 65 or older, you're starting to get back to doing things you love. Did you know even healthy adults 65 and older are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia? It's a potentially serious bacterial lung disease that can disrupt your life for weeks. Help protect yourself with the Prevnar 13 pneumococcal 13 valent conjugate vaccine, diphtheria CRM197 protein. Prevnar 13 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 13 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 13 does not protect against all strains of the disease. Ask your doctor or pharmacist today about Prevnar 13. Learn more at Prevnar13.com. Don't get Prevnar 13 if you have had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with a weakened immune system may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-866-694-9300 or visit Prevnar13.com. I'm Andy Gibson, your Commissioner of Agriculture and Commerce. Come shop the freshest locally grown fruits and vegetables, meats, and other farm-raised products at the Mississippi Farmer's Market every Saturday from 8 to 1. While there, you can grab breakfast or lunch at the City Limits Cafe and shop our new Genuine Mississippi store for unique items made right here in Mississippi. The store is also open weekdays 11 to 1 every day. All this at the Mississippi Farmer's Market, 929 High Street in Jackson, right near the fairgrounds. Y'all come see us. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. 
Welcome into Weekend Gardening. This is the Saturday morning tradition that you can listen to on a Sunday rebroadcast on a podcast where you get an extra tip, by the way. And also, um, of course, anytime you want to download this particular broadcast and take me with you in your pocket, you can do that at supertalk.fm in the on-demand section. Now, we've got a lot of ways to listen to Garden Mama. The good news is that you all have been kind enough to listen to me for a very long time, and you listen to me about a lot of stuff. Um, I will have to say that the squirrel discussion is closed now, so stop. I don't need any recipes. I don't need any of that. I have my own reasons. I don't eat Nutria either, so just don't start. (laughs) One of the things that I know you're doing in your garden at this particular point is looking at whatever the flowers are and saying, are they going to go again? Can I get some more blooms? How are we doing out here? And it depends, really. If you have harvested zinnias and zinnias and zinnias, it's probably time to plant some more seeds. If, on the other hand, you've just now clipped off the first of the celosias, you'll get another rebloom on those. Most of the annual flowers, you will get reblooms a couple of times at least. Um, if you are experiencing sooty mold, you have my deepest sympathies. But, of course, it does grow in the honeydew that is created by insects that are feeding above the surface. For example, if you're patio furniture is covered up in gray sticky stuff that comes off when you rub it but not really very well that's sooty mold and you do need to be looking at um, getting that cleaned off first of all but you need to look at the insects that are above you figure out what those are and control them so that you don't continue to have this problem Um, there's another road right now though in some shady areas i've even seen this on some caladium leaves they're they're just gray from 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 basically from mold mildew fungus you name it it can be any number of things those things are just waiting to dry out and if you've got leaves that are destroyed for example you've already the lower leaves on your elephant ear perhaps have turned yellow and the other ones are looking okay or they're a little gray don't take those off take the yellow ones off though they've they've given up their nitrogen to the plant um, and, and you need to go ahead and get them out of the way John from Tallahatchie sending beautiful images this morning. He knows how I like a cypress swamp. That's just gorgeous. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, it, it, we were talking, a friend of mine and I were talking about the, uh, the, the bayou that we grew up on and the cypress trees there and how there aren't as many as there used to be, but there, there do seem to be um, still enough. We have had low water in those areas, and that's when you hit the cypress knees, and that causes people to want to take them out and all of that sort of stuff. So fortunately, this year, everything's got plenty of water. You don't have to worry about that. You can fertilize those caladiums, speaking of them, at this particular point, because more than likely, they've used up an awful lot of what's been in the soil with them, and part of it has washed away. That's one thing that you do want to fertilize with a nitrogen at this particular point could be um, cottonseed meal, could just be an organic nitrogen fertilizer of any sort. That's a really good thing to use at this particular time on caladiums and on, for example, elephant ears and other things that you're trying to get lots and lots of leaves to come upon. That's what nitrogen does. Nitrogen it can be associated in your mind with good, green, healthy growth. So by all means, let it, let it do that for you. It's important. I don't think human beings have ever invented anything that didn't uh, end up being 
both good news and bad news in in some case some some respect or another i don't really know what we would have been how where we would be as consumers at this point if plastic had not been invented we certainly would not have a lot of well, you know, things I'm looking at right here in the studio, for example. They would be built of metal or they would be built of wood, and those things can't be kept as clean, so that's a different issue, and they also don't have as long a life. And, there's, you know, one thing and another, we're all happy that there's plastic. But like a lot of things that human beings have done and invented, we kind of went overboard. That's why there's acres of plastic floating in the Pacific Ocean, all right? We all saw the movie, or maybe you did. If you didn't, you ought to spend some time with Kevin Costner in Waterworld. It's a fascinating movie. But it, I don't intend that we would be living that way on plastic floating in the ocean. But, well, it's maybe. Who knows? Um, the question for us coming from Stockholm University and the most recent study being reported in science by researchers from Sweden, Norway, and Germany is that unfortunately we're at the point where we're about to tip over in terms of getting controlling the plastics, controlling the emissions, and therefore not hurting ourselves to the extent that we may. Plastic is literally everywhere on our planet. You can't go to a desert, you can't go to a mountaintop, you can't even dig in the Arctic in the snow and not eventually find plastic. As of 2016, we're we we're, we're let's let's get the middle factor. I mean, you know, these things are always well. It could be this much, or it could be a whole lot more, and be that much. Let's say 15 million metric tons. Okay, which is even more than a ton ton. Um, similar amounts into the land. And what are we going to do about all of this? Well, we need to be more conscious of it, and these folks need to develop ways for us to understand better recycling better cleanup technologies, all the things that they're working on there, because in particular, things like really remote environments are, it's much harder to get out and collect the problem. And the potential tipping point, of course, can be this consumption by all of our fish and all of our other creatures, really, of the plastic. So pay attention. If you if you have a, a reason, um, if you have a, a, a good point of view, if you can help us figure out how to recycle these things and how to do something about it, please do. I think it would be big. It would be a benefit to all of us. Might even get you the Nobel Prize. Good morning, Mabel and Jackson. What's going on? Oh, uh, oh, uh, I want. Well, I got a friend that said there's roses. Mm-hmm. Soon as he, they'll get little, just a few little roses on it, and they'll fall off. And he did everything he can for them to stop them from falling off. Huh. And uh, I was going. That's unusual. Up. Uh-huh, so I said it might need some fertilizer, some special fertilizer or something. Can you, you can certainly fertilize at this time of the year um, with rose food. You wouldn't want to use, again, you wouldn't want to use a lot of nitrogen, but you'd use something that's made for roses. And it's also time to prune the roses again. So if they're crowded, thickly grown, a lot of times the knockouts will get so much leaves that the flowers kind of aren't, you know, they're not very big. And they're also sometimes just knocked off. So I would say prune, like, because it is summertime, it's time to prune them again. And I would say use a rose formula fertilizer. See if that doesn't help. Mine, I don't know, in the middle, like everything that's coming to my knockout rose, they're big. Mm-hmm. But they, want, they just want to grow one way. 
so I, I could cut that oh, off. Oh, yeah, you can prune the knockouts now. I wouldn't take more than a third of the whole size of the thing down, but, yes, you can do that. You can even thin out the middle of it a little bit if you're not getting enough sun into the center. You can certainly do that. Like it's growing to the side. Mm-hmm. You can so, fix that now with a little bit of pruning. Just trim that side a little bit more, but do prune the side that's not growing too, so that it can catch up. If I could prune them, the mine be so I could cut them back real short. You so. cannot, not real short. Go back about a third of their overall size. If they're four feet tall, take off a foot. And could I fertilize the rest of my plants? Yeah. Okay. I'm fertilizing everything right now because there's been so much rain, and we're going to have a better growing period in the next, at least where you and I are, Mabel and Jackson. We're not going to have as much rain in this next week. So I think it's a good time to fertilize. gets us a chance to let them grow a little bit before they get drowned again. (laughs) Okay. I so appreciate it. Thanks, Mabel. We're floating in my neighborhood. I don't know about y'all. Don's in Picayune. What's going on, Don? Good morning. Um, I've got a uh, crepe myrtle problem, and I'm not sure how to to address it. Uh, Last spring, I planted two crepe myrtles alongside of my driveway. Uh, They were probably five foot tall, and uh, they have really grown. And they're probably somewhere nine foot, ten foot tall now. And the red one is blooming very nicely. But the other one is a purple one, and it does not have the first bloom on it. It's continuing to put on new growth. Mm-hmm. This is a good time um, to go out and just take about six inches off of each of those branches. Sometimes a young crepe myrtle does have trouble getting started in its flowering process. And if we've got lots of good green growth on it, it's time now because we've got plenty of time for them to bloom again. You know, they're going to bloom all the way till Thanksgiving, <laughs> especially where you are. I love Picayune, by the way. Hello, Crosby Arboretum. Uh, and by all means, go out and take a few inches off the end of each one of those. Don't fertilize right now, uh, but just take a, take about six inches off the end of each of those branches. And let's see if we can't pop some flowers before the before next Christmas anyway. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Don. Let me know. It should work. Let me know. Y'all probably um, know that I'm a, a crepe myrtle fan, but I do realize that there's so many of them that sometimes we don't get a chance to do. <laughs> sometimes some bloom and just we don't even pay any attention to them. Sometimes they don't. You know, <laughs> Sometimes they don't. Um, let's see. Corinne's weighing in today. See, Corinne's having the same experience I am. She hasn't seen this naked lady bloom in at least five years. I'm telling you, I know I planted those things because they were, they were a gift when I got married in 2000. I planted them. They bloomed for a couple of years, never saw them again because the, the lawnmower comes around that area now from the neighbor. It's, it's on the space between the neighbor's yard and mine. They're in bloom. Corinne, you and I are having the same experience. Isn't that crazy? Which tells you how deeply and how much water we're getting. I also have um, figs bigger than I've ever had. And I don't, I don't water back there at all. This is all rainfall. This, is, this has just been crazy. And they are delicious, I have to say. They're very sweet, but uh, it's it's really been quite a year, and it's a beautiful one. You've got a lovely, lovely plant. I like your daisies too, and I like your rudbeckias. By the way, if you have not um, figured this out yet, and you want daisies in the summer, white daisies with the yellow center, 
Becky is the one that you're trying to grow. We grow ox eyes, the natives. We grow all of the various ones, and they bloom kind of in order. But Becky seems to be the one that is doing the best in July, especially in a wet year, it turns out. <laughs> we're, having, we're having a better experience than we might have. That's for sure. Oh, you're going to hear about this. You'll have heard it here first. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. This has been for a couple of weeks, few weeks now, since I've read this report, and I kept it because I kept thinking that it was going to come out and be, make a big deal somewhere, but it hasn't. Um, I, I, I really like when they teach me something that I have to unteach, have to unlearn something else. I have learned my, my whole life that we as Homo sapiens were preceded by Neanderthal, for example, the, the closest one. Well, now the Harbin fossil, which is something that was found a while back, and they've been studying it, found it in the early, well, fairly early in the 20th century, but they've been studying it. Now they've learned more about it. Um, this is the largest known skulls of our type of creature that they have found. And now they're saying that it represents a newly discovered human species. This is human longi, or what is being called Dragon Man. So y'all watch for Dragon Man. This is not something, this is not a myth. This is not something that's going to be, you know, on coast to coast overnight. But it is, in fact, um, a, a skull, a primitive human skull found in one of the provinces of China. But it's interesting because it has large, practically square eye sockets, thick brow ridges, in other words, very much protection around the eyes, and, and a very wide mouth. So it's different from us, of course, but now we're understanding that it's actually genetically closer. So that's interesting stuff. Tina in Columbia, how's everything going this morning? Hello, Tina. Hello. What's going on this morning? The broken villas. I brought four. Two are blooming well, and the other two are just growing, foliage, long stems, thorns on them, mm -hmm. and not half blooming. Tell me what kind of flower it is again. It's the broken villa. Oh, okay. It's the red, the, the bougainvillea. Yeah, um, uh -huh. they're the they're gonna they're they're gonna bloom in this heat beautifully. They should be. If one of them is not blooming, the general advice is to clip off about an inch off of the tip of it, and don't fertilize it. They much prefer to be pot bound or or tightly rooted, and to not have very much fertilizer. I hope that will help. Thank you very okay. much. We got to take a break right now. Thank you for calling today. Appreciate hearing from you, Tina. Say hello to everybody there in Columbia. Got some good friends in that part of the state. They're going to take a break right now because we've got a little bit more to talk about and not a lot of time to do it. Come on now. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening.
coconut cream pie ice cream and imagine being stranded on a deserted island. Rich coconut French ice cream, flakes of coconut, tasty pie crust pieces, and a whipped topping swirl loaded with toasted coconut. You won't want to be rescued. The good old days are being made right now. Seafood Outlet. Fresh Gulf Shrimp. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Fresh Gulf Oysters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Your Fresh Seafood Headquarters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive. 601-790-9407. This hour of weekend gardening is brought to you locally in part by the Tractor Store, your Mahindra dealer on Highway 49 South in Richland. The Tractor Store is proud to sell Mahindra, the world's number one tractor. The Tractor Store, your farm and lawn equipment destination. From luxury hotels to homeowners, Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will exceed your expectations. Your beautiful new bath and shower are made with the same high-quality materials used in luxury hotels and installed in as little as one day. Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will provide the bath or shower custom designed you've always wanted with no heavy demo or weeks without your bath area. Visit bathfitter.com where you can design your own bath area and book your free in-home or virtual consultation. Bathfitter.com Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers, along with Surrender Fire Ant Killer. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family-owned and operated, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. The Mississippi Wildlife Extravaganza is back and better than ever. Friday, July 30th through Sunday, August 1st at the Refuge Conference Center in Flowood. Featuring celebrity appearances from Ashley Jones, Ronnie Adams and Bruce Mitchell from Swamp People, David Ellis from Yacht Yacht, Son of the South Josh Carney, Paul LeBlanc and Kenyon from Southern Boys Outdoors, Kenneth Lancaster from The Given Right, Talking Turkey with Paul Meek, The Turkey Man Eddie Salter, The Mississippi Swamp Witches, Pro Fisherman Brad Chappell and Richard Gator Bourne, and and more. Don't miss the Big Buck Contest. Jason Reynolds High Flying Retrievers. Casting for Kids with Brad Case. The Youth Archery Range. Seminars and demonstrations on taxidermy. Game prep. Fishing. Turkey calling and bow fishing. The Mississippi Wildlife Extravaganza is back. Indoors and outdoors at the Refuge Conference Center in Flowood. Friday, July 30th through Sunday, August 1st. Sponsored by Patriot Power Sports, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and Ameristar Casino.
thank you very much for deciding that gardening is part of your world, for perhaps being a gardener yourself, or maybe just enjoying listening, talking about it, and hearing other people talk about what they're doing in their gardens. That's part of the joy of gardening, of course. It can be a very solitary occupation or vocation or way to spend a little time on the weekends. That's why I think it's very, very important for us to recognize that that being together, having this opportunity to talk to one another makes a great deal of difference in the way our gardens look. For example, I just got a note from Andrea asking, um, what else can I plant in terms of seeds right now besides zinnias? And my immediate answers were celosia, amaranth, cosmos and sunflowers there's probably something else that you can see right now but i'm not thinking of it (laughs) those however would make a lovely bouquet and i like them so i hope that she will too um i don't know if you have ever had this experience i had the opportunity to get to know um, a young man child at the time who could not speak he had disabilities that prevented him from speaking and he used a wheelchair to get around and because of that even though it was obvious that there was a lot going on inside that head you couldn't necessarily understand it all and you couldn't get him to tell you because he couldn't talk um as a result when he was tested for school he went into special education and basically sat and stared out the window every day for a number of years until the invention of a thing called the light talker. The light talker was the first of the small tablet type keyboard computer things that could fit onto your wheelchair and allow you to poke something and it would say the word or it would spell the word. You know, there were different ways to use it. But the point is, by using light to make this happen, he was able not only to communicate, but to move from the educational setting that he was in to where he went to, ended up finishing high school, went to college. Okay, that's what we're losing if we're not paying attention to what people need who happen to have disabilities. We're losing creativity. We're losing power. We're losing smart people because we can't communicate with them. University of California, San Francisco has successfully developed a delightful new version of this world, which will work even better. Now you've seen some of these lately. Some of the folks. We'll, we'll be able to think, and it promotes the computer to move forward and to speak for them. I think of Steve Gleason, of course, um, the, the former New Orleans saint who's able to do that. But in this particular case, they've developed a speech neuroprosthesis. So this has developed a man with severe paralysis. In other words, he can't do any, make any movements at all to communicate in signals. It translates from his brain to the vocal tract directly into words that appear on the screen. This is huge. This is so landmark, big deal. I'm thrilled to be able to read about it and be able to tell you about it and to tell you that the study appears this week in the uh, New England Journal of Medicine, which, of course, is one of the best of the journals that we are, we're privileged to be able to read 
the people who are able to publish, who are able to get published in it, um, usually have the best research for us to understand and read about. This was developed in collaboration with the first participant in the clinical trial, and of course, it's building on ten years of research. You know, we we talk about this all the time. We say, "Oh, wow, this just happened." Well, very seldom do things just happen overnight. Um, we, things take years to develop. It takes people studying things to eventually make a breakthrough. And in this case, um, neurosurgeon Edward, Dr. Edward Chang developed the technology. This is huge. You may not understand that this is not necessarily um, uncommon, this inability to speak. Strokes, accidents, diseases, all of these things, in addition to birth defects, will, will cause you to not be able to speak. And as one who couldn't speak or didn't speak, didn't feel comfortable speaking, and who eventually learned, I don't think I can go back. (laughs) So so I'm really happy to know that this particular bit of technology has come along for so many people that need it. It's important. Very, very important. Um, Let's see. Scott's in... (laughs) I'm sorry, Scott, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at these beautiful fish. John has got pictures of stuff all day long that I want, and today it's the fish. This is just crazy. Um, Let's see. Scott in Soso has planted a ligustrum hedge, and he he doesn't see any growth, so he's wondering about um, fertilizing them. Yes, you can get go go and get a bag of slow-release shrub food. Or it could even be tree food, but it's going to be a slow-release classic fertilizer. That's what you want to put on shrubs and trees right now. Ligustrum is no different. And and if if they're sitting in water, they can't grow. On the other hand, if they haven't dropped any leaves, they probably don't have root rot. So that's the good news. (laughs) That's the very good news. Um, Let's see. Um... That's funny. I don't know how to do that. Um, I can tell you who to ask, though. Oh, my goodness. Army worms. <laughs> Sherry's right in from Ruleville there in Carroll County. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, I'll send that picture, and I'll see if I can identify that for you. Yeah, army worms are another thing that seem to take advantage of us. We would hope that they wouldn't make it in a wet year, but sadly, they are completely undeterred. Um... That looks like mulberry weed. If you let it grow a little further on, it would make a little fruit that comes off the side of each of those branches. And yes, it is a problem. Pull it up it, it, because it will reseed everywhere. And it's not, it's neither particularly pretty nor is it low enough growing to be a useful ground cover. It comes up everywhere. And uh, it, 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 is, it is called mulberry weed because of those little fruits that it makes. And those are what you really don't want, because that's what spreads the seeds all over the place. Ah, it's terrible. I've been looking at Rudbeckia varieties this morning. Um, there are just so many of them. And if you if you like, for example, what, one of the good examples that I can give to you, if you, if you grow Rudbeckia herta, if you grow the classic black-eyed Susan, that you see on the side of the road basically now because they've seeded in so many places. It's not the big, tall, native one. Okay, that's different. But the the classic two-and-a-half-foot-tall Rudbeckia clump um, is oftentimes a herta, H-I-R-T-A. So when you look at other varieties, if you grow that one well, the thing to understand would be that you're going to find some others that do very, very well for you too. 
Um, some of the herches, some of the herches grow all the way into zone eight. Some of them go all the way into zone nine. It really just depends on on which one you're looking at. But if you look at that particular flower, you're going to see some interesting, interesting petal types. For example, um, Irish Eyes has a split petal. It's just, it's really lovely, but it's very yellow and very classic, except for that. Cherokee Sunset, though, is a big double flower and, and has a lot of mahogany shades in it. I like both of them. Some of them actually look almost like tiny sunflowers because they're so doubled up and pretty. But it's just one of those plants that we grow and grow well. If yours are not growing as well as you would like, the chances are very good that they're just a little too wet. So dry that area out and enjoy those rudbeckias. Thank you so much, my friends. I want to ask you to do something for me. Protect me. Protect your family. Go get your vaccination. This is no joke, folks. Tell you more about that next week because I don't think the numbers are going to get any lower. All right now. Come back next week for a lot more, though, weekend gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. If you're building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Propane, clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. What does the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation do? We are a voluntary, non-governmental, non-partisan organization seeking solutions to the socioeconomic issues impacting Mississippi farm families. Our mission is to elevate agriculture at the local, state, and national levels. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.